Welcome to the See the Miracle podcast. I'm your host, Brady Murray. And I'm your co-host, Andrea Murray. Our podcast will feature inspiring guests within the special abilities community. Together, we will be sharing how families and communities are rising up and seeing the miracle of individuals with special abilities. That's something to be proud of. That's a life you can hang your head on. Welcome to the See the Miracle podcast. Brady and I are excited to be back again this week talking about one of our favorite subjects. So last week, I, or maybe it was last week or the week before, I was able to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is that around finances. And Andrea was a good sport in being able to allow me to be able to speak passionately about that. And she's also very knowledgeable about that subject. And so this week, something that has been a staple in our marriage is Andrea has always had such an incredible view, and I would even say a a godly view, around intimacy and sexuality. And so we thought we would do a podcast about that, which is way outside of our comfort zone. (laughs) We'll see how this goes, but thanks, honey, for the compliment. Yeah, I feel like this is something that um, I feel passionate about just because I feel like it's really important. Um, I feel like oftentimes it can be an uncomfortable subject or topic, especially between parents and children. And so I feel like it's important that as parents, you know, we're able to communicate with our children about these things and to teach them um, about these things and to teach them like why, why these things are important to us and how come they're important and just being able to elaborate on that with our children and have them want to talk to us about it instead of turning to other places to find information about this because I feel like it's readily available on you know just on like social media and just in movies that it's we everywhere. watch and on yeah. YouTube and everywhere and those things that are being portrayed um are oftentimes not in alignment with you know like like with our personal beliefs and so it's it's important to be able to express those beliefs to our children very good so how did you learn about this andrea tell me about how you were taught so so i would say that growing up my parents did not talk often about these things which i feel like you know it wasn't just my parents i feel like it was kind of a generation i feel like a lot of people can relate to not having a lot of serious talks probably with their parents about um, intimacy and sexuality Um, it was more of just kind of a i don't know kind of like a passing topic so um, we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about Bruno. Yep, exactly. It was just one of those those kinds of things where it was like it, you knew you kind of knew it was there. You didn't really talk about it a lot. You knew you were going to have the maturation program in fifth grade, or you didn't know it just was sprung on you, and all of a sudden you had this maturation program, and you were like, "Where did this come from?" And so it was always kind of like a little bit awkward and uncomfortable. And I, about, and I don't, and I don't think it you? has to be that way. Yeah, I don't, I, I agree. I don't feel like it has to be that way. In fact, I feel like it shouldn't be that way. I agree. Um, so that's why, that's kind of why we're doing this podcast to try yep. and like take away the awkwardness. For sure. For me, it was, it was actually quite funny. And in fact, I'd really like to tease my parents about this, uh, next time I see them as now I'm thinking about it. For me, I was probably 12 or 13 years old. I was upstairs watching TV And I remember my dad yelling up the stairs, hey, and I said, what? And he said, turn it to channel seven. I'm like, okay. I thought, that's strange. That's PBS. I never watched channel seven. And so I go to the TV and this is like pre like TV controller and you flip the knob all the way. He had 12 channels. I flip it all the way over to channel seven. And lo and behold, it was a PBS program about the topic that we're just talking about right now. And I watched it 
and I went downstairs for dinner and my dad didn't even like look at me. He's just watching TV and he said, you got any questions? <laughs> I said, nope. And that was the end of it. <laughs> That's funny. That's probably similar to the only experience I can really remember with my dad. One time we were driving, um, we were riding somewhere in the car or truck or something and we were listening to country music and that Shania Twain sang come that Shania Twain song came on whose bed have your boots been under and my dad's like do you know what they're talking about and I was like yep and he's like okay well that was when you were 21 so (laughs) no it wasn't wasn't that right before we got married no that was when I was like 12 or 13 yeah right I'm gonna look up when that song was actually made. You had to be at least 16. (laughs) No, I was I was younger than that. I think. Anyway, so anyway, some of the things that um, that Brady and I have found helpful, just as we've had our own family and thought about you know how we're gonna approach this subject with our children and everything. You know, we like have read about it and tried to figure out um, just like Brady said, kind of like like why what is the purpose of of these relationships these intimate relationships well, and, and this is conversations with our children yeah right? like how do we want to approach this what do we want their view to be on sexuality and intimacy yeah like how do we want their experience learning these things to be and so we've just we've just found that it's been good to how do you say it? It's just like have this continual conversation, right? But you kind of have to start like at the level they're at and just being like open and honest with them. And so like one thing that we started in the beginning was just like talking about body parts, calling them their actual names, you know, and so that our children and so that us too, like, so we could become comfortable with um, calling them the correct names, with being able to talk about them to our children and have them know what we're talking about. So that's just like one simple thing that I think um, is helpful. Yeah, and, it, and, then, and I would say that by and large, our children um, feel pretty comfortable in relation to just referencing the body parts, what they're what they're called, not using slang or little kitty names or whatever, but actually calling them what they are. And yeah. they've grown up with that, and they feel pretty comfortable with that now. Yeah, and that's just like a super basic thing, but so important, right, to just know like your own anatomy and be comfortable with that so that it's not like awkward or weird. And being comfortable, like actually saying it yeah, and speaking openly about that, which wasn't like immediately normal to do. No, it it wasn't, but it kind of takes away like the silliness and the funniness about it where it's just like, you know, I don't know. It just kind of takes that element of like joking about it, I think away a little bit and stuff. So it just becomes more like, oh, that's just what it is. And it's natural and normal. So that's one, one thing that we have found. And then another thing that we have found is just, um, just being able to like display in our relationship, what we hope that they would look for, you know, and just being excited about, um, being able to share that intimacy with someone and being able to talk about it and how awesome it is and how special it is. And then having them, you know, look forward to, um, those type of just small things, you know, like little Mm -hmm. conversations and just noticing like in the world around us, you know, we see like so many patterns and things that we can point out to our children and about creation and just things like that, that will, that will allow them to create a positive place for being able to establish these relationships. Yep. I make it a point to 
always give Andrea a big kiss when I get home from uh, work. And every time that I leave, I always make sure to give her a kiss. And I prefer to do that right in front of the children so they can see that. And some of them think it's, it's funny and some of them laugh and Cooper always says, Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. They all have their, their little different reactions to things like that, but you know, it's healthy because like they know that we love each other and they know that like that's important to us. And, um, hopefully, you know, they can have a relationship someday where that is important to them as well. And then what would you say are some of the other things? Oh, I think one thing that, that we have done in the past is like when our children are around the age of eight, we like to have like a special dinner with them where we, um, so I actually have, I ordered the first time we did this was with Brinley when she was about the age of eight. We're like, okay, we need to talk to her like more in detail about things. Cause she was always, you know, like very aware and just that she would ask questions just at a place where she was ready to learn more about like procreation and things like that. So we planned a special like dinner date with her and I got this book called Where Did I Come From by Peter Moyle. And it's just like a kid's book that explains how babies are made. You need to tell the whole story about this book. Okay. So well, I, I'm getting there. So I ordered it on Amazon. I ordered this book by Peter Moyle called, is it, it's called Where Did I Come From or Where Did yeah, Something where, like that. Where Did I Come, so where do anyway, I come From or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So it just, it explains like procreation in, you know, just in like simple terms and in simple pictures, like cartoon drawings that children can understand. So I ordered this book. We're going to take it to dinner with us and read it to Brinley and then like, you know, just have this conversation about these things with her. And so the book came just like the day before we were going to dinner and I realized that I had accidentally ordered the African-American edition because there was a, there was a Caucasian edition and there was an African-American edition and somehow I had accidentally got the African-American edition but Brady liked to make fun of me about that. He thought it was hilarious. He thought it was so funny, but it worked out right. Like it's all the same. So, and now I told him just He's recently, inspired. I'm like, Hey, good thing we have the African American edition because now we have these two little girls that it's going to be appropriate for. That's exactly so. right. It was all inspired. It was so meant it to be. Out. But yeah. So anyway, that was something that was kind of cool and kind of special because we, um, got to have that, have that chance with Brinley to be able to just express like our beliefs about it in our, in our church, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, there's a proclamation that's called the proclamation on the family that, um, was written just all about the family. And it talks about those things specifically in that, in that proclamation. So we were able to just like read some of that with her, share our beliefs and our feelings on that, and then um, go through this book with her that showed her, you know, about how a baby is made. And just um, to hear like her questions and just be able to have like open conversation about that with her was really awesome. Yeah. And I, we've really been very open with our children and just speaking openly that this is a wonderful thing, that this is a tremendous blessing, and this is a great thing that they have to look forward to. And also in the same in the same conversations, being able to express that this is a sacred thing and that this is something that is very, very special that is entrusted to a man, entrusted to a woman, entrusted to a boy, entrusted to a girl, and that this is a sacred power to be able to procreate, to actually create life, and that that is a very sacred thing and that a very serious thing as well. And that it is, again, something to look forward to and something to prepare for, but also something to definitely um, have control over and and be able to look at it in a way that that we would want or that that God would want us to look at and not so much so much uh, the way that the world would have us look at it. 
Exactly. Yeah. And I think, um, one important thing to, to mention maybe with your children as well is just how it is an appetite, right? How we all have a sexual appetite and that's nothing to be like embarrassed or ashamed about, but it is something that we have to develop self-control over just like our physical appetites, you know, our, our eating or things like that. And so I think there's just like so many good analogies that we can use to help our, our children better understand those relationships. And also I feel like our children are all different levels because like we said, you know, we had this great, this great discussion with Brinley and this great conversation with her when she turned eight and we were like, okay, that's so great. We were kind of patting ourselves on the back. We're like, we're so awesome. We're so good that we did this. We didn't say that. (laughs) We we didn't say that, but that's kind of how we, I felt anyway. And so, um, but then we realized too, as we've gone along that like, that has to be a continual conversation and something that you're continually like coming back to and just relating things to so that you don't close the door on that and feel like, okay, we did that. We're done. And then also just being open to like the, the level where your child is, because like I said, we did this with Brindley and you know, she was kind of like interested and wanted to talk about things and ask questions. And then we did the same thing with Ridge And it was a lot different experience with Ridge because, you know, he's just like more reserved and doesn't really care about those things and doesn't want to know about those things. And so the conversation with him, I say it was a lot different. Well, yeah, it was just a lot more reserved. A lot more reserved, yeah. He didn't really have any questions or even really completely grasp or understand. But Mm -hmm. I would say with all of our children, that's not a one-time conversation. This is a, uh, that was, it's a continuation of the conversation. Even as recently as two weeks ago, I had, man, a good 45-minute conversation with Ridge, um, kind of in the, in fact, not kind of absolutely in the same, uh, same vein, same line, same topic. And he had a lot of questions in that respect. And I was so thankful that he was coming to me, his father and asking me these questions. And I was able to talk with him and share with him and, and be able to help him to better understand what is all of this and how does this work exactly? And I know that my guess is every young man, every young woman has those questions and it's uh, it, it's been a positive thing for our relationship knowing that they can come to us to be able to ask those questions versus feeling like they need to search the internet or go ask their friend on how all of that works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of like, like what we hope will happen is that, you know, our children are all different and they will, like Brady said, they'll all have those um, questions or wonder about those things, but it'll be at different times with different children. And so I think kind of the key is just as a parent, like, being in tune with where your child is at with those things and being able to just have that open communication where they feel comfortable coming to you and just letting them know, you know, that it's, that it's great when you can talk about those things and have those type of conversations. So one question that I would put out there that my guess is some of our listeners may have is, all right, so Nash is 15. How does that work with Nash? How have we approached that with Nash? Yeah, so that is a good question because with Nash, it's obviously a lot different. His comprehension um, is not where a typical 15-year-old's is. In fact, he's his comprehension, you know, I would say... It kind of just depends, but it's, you know, he's more of like an elementary Yeah, child, and this, so. in this topic, I would say and, and, like first and, or second grade. Yeah, and this topic, you know, he, yeah, it's, it's a lot different. And so the funny thing is, though, that he is still a 15-year-old boy with all of these hormones, and he's still like experiencing all these changes in his body. And so it's actually been really amazing with him because 
he is so like innocent and pure and sweet, but he's still experiencing all of these things. And so it's been kind of awesome for our other kids to like see Nash go through this and to be able to like talk about it because Nash doesn't get embarrassed by these things like no. typical kids do. Like I don't I don't know why, you know, but for some reason when you're like a teenager and you're going through all these things, like there's it's kind of embarrassing and you kind of just feel like shame about it's the it. The last and, thing you want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, it's just not like naturally comfortable. And so for Nash though, it's awesome because he loves girls. He's at the stage where like girls totally turn his head and he will like tell us and he will tell us who he likes and he'll tell us all the time that he wants to hang out with girls. It's always, always girls that he's wanting to hang out with. And he will tell us that he wants to take him on a date and he will tell us that he wants to kiss him. And it's so funny because for him, it's not embarrassing at all. He just like tells us as it is. And for our other kids, like they have so much fun with it. They think that it's hilarious. Like, especially Ridge, he's, he thinks it's so funny that Nash just like tells us these things and stuff, but it's awesome because we had the chance to like interact with Nash and to talk about it with Nash and, you know, in like such a positive way that I think it really like helps our other kids feel more comfortable too. Yep. And if you ask Nash when he can kiss a girl, um, my hope is, I think he'll say 27 when I'm 28, 28. (laughs) there you go. So we've got him convinced that he can't kiss a girl until he turns 28. He's 15 now, so he's getting there. He's still got a little ways to go. He's so cute and so innocent that he's like okay with waiting that long. I just pulled that age out of somewhere because... Cause he was so excited to kiss girls. So I kept telling them like, not yet, but you got to wait until you're older. And he wanted to know like, well, when, and I'm like, 28 sounds good when you're 28. And he was good with that. And he was like, okay. I'll wait. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of fun, but yeah, it's definitely like definitely different for every child. But I think that like, you know, hopefully as parents, we know our, our children good enough to kind of know like where, where they're at and like what, you know, what things they need to be hearing at the time. So, and so like our, eight-year-old our son Mason he just turned eight and like I think that boy's further along than all of them have been <laughs> probably because he's been around his older siblings and and that just aspect of more. it but yeah we probably should have had that conversation when he was four <laughs> probably yeah. yeah so anyway is there anything else that comes to mind that you think we should share about this no no this is something that um, I'm super thankful for like I said to start out as a, you know, growing up, just like any other young man, you get kind of a perspective and maybe a worldly view in relation to how this should be and kind of that locker room view, if you may. And that was just something that um, I think was just normal for most uh, teenagers growing up where I grew up. And so after Andrea and I were married and, and we really were able to speak openly with one another about this, it was just so, it was so like eye-opening for me, um, just to get Andrea's perspective on this. And that has been a cherished blessing for me just to be able to see and to feel, um, truly what an amazing opportunity and amazing blessing this is, uh, between a, a, a husband and wife and, and between a married couple, like how special that is. So shout out to you, Andrea, for your great perspective Thanks, and education that you have, have given in perspective <laughs> for me. So well, thank you. I'm glad it's been helpful. But yeah, I think that God has definitely blessed us with these with these relationships and these opportunities for a reason because they can bring a lot of joy into our lives. And hopefully we can be models of that and that our children can like do the same, be able to have those same kind of relationships in their lives. Very good. Thank you, honey. All right. Until next time. Said, let me tell you right now. That's so